like I was watching it just like at home. So once I saw Adam Cole come out, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I started turning the TV off. And then someone texted me, he was like, yo, Brian Danielson. I'm like, where? I no, it just it just ended. So I turned it back on. I'm like, oh my God, what the what the what the heck? Um, just seeing like those two like pop in, like the top guy in NXT, one of the top guys on the main roster, uh pull up on the same night. Um, I mean, like Brian's last match in WWE was against Roman Reigns. So to see that like transition was just massive in itself. Here comes It's me, it's me, it's that answer to TCG rolling once again with that BTWB Big Trouble of a Bishop taking up the whole screen. And I'm Nikki the Good, and we are the Meat Pop Express. But today, we have a very, very special guest. We have one of the hottest pro wrestling creators, content creators on the entire internet, on the entire world, I'd Maybe. like to say. Definitely. He's also jacked. He's also a power lifter, and he definitely squats more than 275 pounds. Shout out, we JD. Have, shout out, JD. We have Muscle Man Malcolm. And listen, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the floor here to introduce yourself, but we know, at least I know where, because I, I do my research because I'm a reporter, I know where you got your name from. So I don't know if you want to go there, but the floor is yours, man. What's going on, Malcolm? What can I say? Me and John Cena are best friends. You know, he just nope. gave me the name one day. I was like, well, thank you, good brother. So I'll gladly take the rub. So, I mean, my name is Malcolm Muscle, Muscle Man Malcolm, whatever you want to call me. As long as you're following, that's all that matters. Uh, the greatest wrestling interviewer of all time. It's more than said. Uh, I should be higher than six. A little upset by that. Should have been two, one, three, something. But we didn't know, come up with it. It was, it was an unbiased, unbiased panel. It was, you know, we might have been part of the panel. It was an unbiased know, panel. Brothers. I, there was some respectful glazing going on uh, with your number one pick. Um, just, just, just being honest. Got to be political. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> they, you can take it. You can, for, you can file a complaint with the committee. We will, will bring it to them, who we don't know who they are. And we'll see if we can get you bumped up a little bit. we we'll see if we get you bumped up a little bit. I've already, like, you know, contacted my lawyers about it. So, That's good. You'll hear, you'll hear from David Otunga soon. Oh, oh, big time, big time. Ooh, yeah. ooh, he, time yo, he, yo, yo, he had a yeah. fire theme song. Otunga had a really, was it, wasn't it like, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. oh, yeah, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't really do it correctly, but it's okay. But you'll I did, see I, him I didn't do correct. He was also oh, the on, the he was on, he was on I Love New York, right? He was on, yeah, he was he punk. Was. But you he also see him in, in court, of course. Oh, Okay, well, off to a good start. Malcolm, it's good to see you again, buddy. Um, I'm a David Otunga number one fan, also the number one fan of Omas. Omas, we gotta, you got to give some love to the big man, Omas, and we'll do that eventually at another time. But you mentioned David Otunga, and that's going to kick things off. So, Nick, let us know what the topic is today for us, investigative credential journalists. Yep, so we're going to be making the case each week, guys. That's what we're going to be doing. We are going to be leaning into the fact that, listen, we are real journalists, okay? That is, journalists. A, that is a real thing. This is not a joke. This is not a game to us, no, okay? We do our research, all right? We are credentialed journalists. Um we are a one-time star starcast goer. Okay. So we're supposed to be taken seriously here. Now, so we're going to be making the case for something each week. And this week, we're talking what is the case for the greatest AEW debut of all time or to date uh throughout the entire promotion and, and its tenure. We think it, you know, obviously it's current. We had someone, not gonna spoil it. We had someone make a debut in AEW recently, it was pretty big. So we want to talk about that specifically today. And our guy Malcolm, he's gonna be helping us out. What do you think about that, Malcolm? Is that a good idea? 
Yes, we will talk about Satnam Singh the entire time. Yes. Oh, yes. He loves the big guys. That's why I'm a big fan of muscle male now. Yeah. He loves the big guys. He loves those uh, big bastards. The big yes. bastards. The more meat, the better. Yes. That big son of a bitch. So to start it off, we're gonna do we're gonna talk about a little bit of the research we've been doing, trying to figure out. And and before we get into what the actual best debuts in AEW history are, Malcolm, what makes a good debut to you? I mean, height, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, meat, of course. Height, meat. Um, and those are the only two things, honestly. So, like, when you add those together, we, we get Satnam Singh. So, yeah. we get Satnam Singh. Well, he's already spoiling it. He's already spoiling it. But I'll piggyback right. off that. What I think makes a good debut, to be completely honest, it's it's anticipation. Right. We're seeing it right now with with a few people. We're seeing the anticipation. We're seeing for there's a few on NXT right now. Again, not going to spoil it, not going to spoil it. But there's a few people on NXT that are already bigger stars than they were in other places. I'm just saying I'm just saying I did my research anticipation. I love the vignettes. Let's talk about a few. Let's talk about some of the best vignettes for debuts that we've seen that we've seen. I'm talking about. Let's see. The, the Val Venus. We remember those vignettes before oh, yes. Val, Val Venus came upon. Right now, I think one of these vignettes doing a great job, Brian Pillman Jr. We know he's coming. They already made him seem more important. They already made him seem more important. Anticipation for Kane? For Kane? Well, God, that's got to be Kane. People went crazy. And yeah, he, was a, he was a damn dentist that no one gave a shit about. And then he came out as Kane and he had that, he had the double. I think at the time it was the double the double reds right on the arms, the flames down the sleeves, looking like a, a big son. Of, okay, there's height, there's meat for you, rips the cage off. What about you, Nick? Tell us, what's some of your favorite? Tell us some of your favorite debuts or what makes a good debut? Well, I'm a big time movie buff. So for me, um, I didn't even know that Goldust was who Goldust was in real life. And when he was coming out with the, you know, like so-and-so, so 1985, like that type of stuff, I, I loved. Razor Ramon, obviously, those vignettes. Right. The whole thing with like actual like, you know, and all these years later, you hear him talking about him pitching it to Vince McMahon about Scarface. And then you go back and you watch those vignettes. You're mm -hmm. like amazing. Also, Mean Street Posse, those vignettes, like the best part about the vignettes and building up the anticipation is like you felt like you knew what it was, but seeing it in person is differently. Right. And so it just builds, it builds, it builds. And like, we always talk about making people larger than life characters. Right. So at cool. any time there's a new character coming in, especially for some reason, it just, the, the level of excitement rather than just like a name, Oh, this person's coming to this promotion, but when it's a character and you, you haven't seen it in person. There's just a little bit something that's just that's a little bit more salt and pepper on top. You know, they get a little spices going. Malcolm, what about you, man? Any 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 uh, debuts stick out to you? Like you know, from growing up as a big time wrestling fan. Ryback. Yeah. Right, well, and yeah, you said Nexus. You said Otunga. Nexus. No. Ne Mm -mm. No, just right. Oh, just right back. I'm sorry. But I'm but sorry. that but this version of the right back, right? You're talking yes, about like feed me. Yes. Yeah, the feed me yes, more yes. like where he was because I think in NXT, right, or or in development that he was doing the Terminator gimmick for some was, time, yeah. right? And then, yes, then who do who do he come out as? He was skip skip Sheffield. Yeah, Then he got then he got hurt. Then he got hurt. I remember that. I remember when he got hurt, and then he came back. That's right. That's right. No, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. Of course How about, it is. He's, what he's about Lord? You want to talk about meaty? What about Lord Tensai? 
How about oh, that that's debut? Some, that's, some, that's some meat on that boy. And yeah. people, had, nipples, nipples, people yeah. had no idea that was Albert until he showed up and they're like, wait a second, what? I didn't <laughs> even know who saying? Albert was. Uh, it's, I'm like, Nick, we're showing our age now. Oh, shit. Yeah, A-Train, man. Yeah. He had a yeah, lot, he had a lot of old. We are old. He had a lot of hair. A lot that's of hair. Messing with the X Factor, though. Um, but, now, but, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, just debuts or something where it's also like there's also the surprise factor like you don't always need to know somebody's coming right so a debut can be a surprise where like it's a brand new character which was you had no idea they were coming and then also just like you knew someone was coming but you didn't know when they were coming so i think those two things were like i think it, it especially in pro wrestling like being surprised to me, is probably the best part of the debut. And I mean, we might get into that later in the show. We might. We might. Just you wait. Stay tuned, folks. So we talked about memorable debuts. We talked about great debuts. Um, what makes a bad debut? The Shockmaster. Well, yeah. yeah. Don't tripping, trip. Don't trip over the set. <laughs> tripping over a two by four that was, uh, you know, put in the wrong spot. I think that 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 qualifies. But Malcolm, what would make a bad debut for you? What do we want to avoid? Being named Alberto Del Rio. That's mm. one. Um, really? No. Elaborate on that. Now, I want to hear what, what what's wrong. What's wrong with Alberto Del Rio? Besides. Everything not, wrong with Alberto Del Rio. Not the not the person. Not the, not person, the person. The character. The character. Ooh, okay. As a wrestler, Del Rio was okay at most. Um, Ooh, I just hot as a child watching him, watching the vignettes. That was the first time I saw vignettes before in wrestling was Del Rio debuting. Um, I don't know. It just came off cheesy. The acting was terrible. And it, I don't know. It, bad acting makes a really bad like impression okay. especially when you're a child and you i think what you're going with i think what you're trying to explain is believability yes like believability. am i buying what you're selling to yes. me on tv now ben and i probably like those debuts because we like bad acting from we the like 1990s. the cheese yeah we like the rick martell like, we like the, the cheese we like the rich Mar rick, rick rick martell like bro you're the not an actual model <laughs> you know you're not an actual model but that makes sense though so like if we're looking at it, we have a few different generations here right so you know for malcolm like you know you're used to seeing all this all this content already right yeah. like you you weren't watching vhs tapes right What's where like the, the only exactly <laughs> the only shit the only time that you saw that stuff was actually like you know you had to go to the the actual video store, you had to get a VHS, so you may stumble upon something, right? And it was the Start first time you were seeing it, right? You, yeah, don't worry about it. You, you, you you'll never <laughs> need to know. Never have to. Nope. But for you, it's like you've been, you've been exposed to so much content and so yeah. many different people that have come into this world of pro wrestling have been sensational on the mic in front of a camera that when someone's not, it probably sticks out to you a little bit more. It does. It does. Like, um, there was a guy back in 2009. He used to come out of Vicky Vero, and I can't remember his name to save my life. That I'm on this Escobar, something like that. Escobar. I don't know. If he, do you remember what I'm talking about? That wasn't not the guy who came out with Umaga, right? No, no, no. His name was something Eric Escobar. That was his name. Eric Escobar. He was like the first know. most random jobber I've ever seen in my life. He came out with Vicky Guerrero. He used to like it was right after Dolph Ziggler, I think. It was just like the most random thing in the world. You could just like, as like a 10 year old, just watch him like, he ain't going to make it. No, I'll way. tell you, no 2000, 
2009 though those were like the dark ages for w i mean that, that for me was, that was my first year though that was <laughs> not a great i don't know how you became a fan then yeah i, mean, I, I, I don't this is just John Cena, uh, yeah it. that was it that's it <laughs> that was literally orton, it orton and cena really was it yeah that, that was pretty, my brett and sean is orton and cena that is pretty crazy to me because yeah. for me like i went to college you know i graduated college in 2007 <laughs> and then i didn't find wrestling again until um Edge won the Rumble in 2010. Like that's what got me. Adam back Copeland, actually. Wrestling. Adam Copeland. Sorry. Well, oh, sure we'll get well, into getting, that. We sure will. We'll we get sure into that. And I guess, uh, I guess that's a good segue. So I think we've segue. we've done the research. Okay, so oh. we've done the research. We talked about now what makes a great debut. We've talked about what are some of the more memorable debuts from our, you know, our past, you know, Malcolm, obviously the new age, me and Ben kind of the older stuff. Maybe Um, I know for me personally, the Jericho debut to me is the greatest debut of all time. Now, of course the case we're making today is by the way, a W debut. So let's just be clear. So I'm not spoiling anything, but Chris Jericho's debut in 1999 in August, to me, that is a debut. It not only had the, the the anticipation from the clock but it had the vignette from the actual dr- countdown clock and then it had the fact that he was a, an actual free agent and you didn't know unless you read the dirt sheets you really didn't know if he was coming like if you read the dirt sheets you knew that the jericho was probably on his way and clearly the people knew because of the signs and you know millennium man signs like in in the uh, in the arena at the time but to me, that's like the perfect debut where they literally hit on every single thing. Kane's was maybe a little bit, you know, I'd put Kane at number two for me personally, all time. But that's just me. Maybe I'm a little biased towards, towards the tall folks, but that's here, no there. We're going to move on, though. We're going to get into actually stating our case here. So we're going to talk about our actual best debuts in AEW history. It's a very current topic. We're going to lead off with Malcolm. Malcolm, for you right now, make the case for the best debut in AEW history. What do you got? So he's really tall, mm. and he's a, there's a lot of meat on his bones. A lot of meat. So, uh, Satnam Singh. Satnam uh, Singh. I mean, he's a future world champion. I mean, my favorite TBS champion of all time, Satnam Singh. Um, he's just, he just got it all. I mean, like, what can you say? When when he walked out, I was like, wow, this is what larger than life actually means in pro wrestling, and he is that. So Satnam Singh, and there's that CM Punk guy as well. He did I, but Satnam Singh, he was the man. Now, and now, Nick, I don't know. You've never had the pleasure of meeting meeting old Satnam, um, and I hope you never do because it would be one, it'd be one heck of a visual with for you for you too. But he even makes me look small. The guy is a legit. Legit giant. Nick, you lost for words here. I mean, anytime a giant comes on screen, I think no matter what, it doesn't even matter. It's just like when when Giant Gonzalez came down, right, to, you know, to basically take out The Undertaker all those years back. Like, no one knew he was coming. He just showed up, and everyone's like, what is happening right now? Like, who is this guy with fur on his, you know? I read some recently that that wasn't the right costume, but I mean, we're not, we're not a giant Gonzalez. Yeah. They just made another costume for someone who's seven for seven. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Malcolm, is any, is there anybody else who wanted to get into anybody else besides Satin? That's a good one. That's a good one. Great. uh, Great. AWWs. I mean, I have to give respect for respects to Brody, uh, Brody Lee. 
okay. great debut. Yeah. Like everyone thought it was gonna be like a I don't know who people thought it was actually gonna be at the time, but the fact to see him walk out there and kind of have like that Vince McMahon character mixed with like a mm. kind of Wyatt family cult as well. It was it was pretty amazing to see, especially during a pandemic too. So it what was I what I loved about that debut in particular, why I think it's so up there, is because the thing is, is that everyone felt like Luke Harper was not treated as big of a star as he could have been, right? Like he had the Intercontinental Championship run and he was getting big time reactions, right? Well, he was the workhorse of that team too. He was the workhorse of the team. He could work with anyone on the roster. He had a few injuries. He had the injury, uh, I, I think, you know, with the leg, he got hurt. Um, but really, it, he was one of the guys at, at in WWE where everyone was like, why are they not using this guy more? Like he has momentum, why does it all? Why does his momentum just stop? So he was the first guy I feel I feel to go to AEW, where they were actually elevating him as a star. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the presentation, the vignettes. He was the first one to come over and get that superstar treatment. Where at in WWE, he wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. positioned as as a full blown star world champion type. That's what yeah. I would say about him. Yeah. For sure. And like, if he was like still with us today, he'd probably be a multi-time world champion by now. For sure. Yeah. Definitely would have got that title at some point. No, he had the popularity. He had, and you know what he did? He elevated that group around it because I mean, let's be honest, the dark order when they first, when they first came out with, it was that weird, like gimp S and M style dark order. He kind of made them a little bit more, you know, serious, but they had the comedy too, but he, he gave them some legitimacy. So I think, you know, they made him, like you said, Nick, they made him a star. And that made that does make a great debut. He was already portrayed as a star, not just a lackey, not just a henchman. He was portrayed as a star. Yeah, it was the whole that was the whole thing together. Like you didn't know who it was gonna be. I really did not know. Like you there was speculation as to who it was gonna be. But when he actually showed up on screen and with the with the white jacket and the big and and you know, the big glare and the the light in the background, right? Like it definitely made an impact, right? And, you know, what would the Dark Order have been without him? Like, even with the BTE stuff that they were doing on the side, which is absolutely hilarious. I mean, you're talking probably one of BTE's best skits is just him just cursing at, mm-hmm. you know, John Silver. Like, just yeah. hilarious stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that that's definitely up there because, I mean, also, he's just, you know, obviously, he's a, he's a, he's a legend there, right? Like, he, yeah. he is... He is synonymous with the legends of AEW. He went there, made a huge impact. And, you know, that that debut was one of the first. I was just like, wow, a WWE guy is really here, but he doesn't look anything like what he was doing in WWE. And he's taking shots at Vinnie Mac. Nobody does that. <laughs> no. But he was. No, he, he didn't, didn't care. And that, that's a shit. That's a good point, Nick. Before we before we move on to the next one, that's a good point that he wasn't he didn't come there and people were like, that's Luke Harper. Mm-hmm. They were like, that's Brody Lee. That was not very quickly. They weren't just like, he's the same person he was in WWE. He was totally different. And that, that that's a heck of a debut. Good pick, Malcolm. I like that. Yeah, no, what it's a do- strong case that like if AW ever makes a Hall of Fame, he needs to be like I the inductee. I think number sure. one. I think number so. One. I think number one. Just like Andre was the first in WWE. Mm-hmm. I I like that case for Brody Lee to be number one in AEW's Hall of what's, Fame. What's your case, Ben? What do you got? What, what yeah, so you- I'm not really going out on a limb here. And this isn't any type of pipe bomb per se, but I got to go with CM Punk as the greatest AEW debut. Um, and here, here are the reasons. Obviously, he was gone for, what was it, seven years, 
before before he came back. The anticipation was there. They were in Chicago when he came back. They had his theme song when they came back. And it was the worst kept secret in wrestling that CM Punk was going to go to AEW in August of 20, 2021. Now, also what makes this really good, because what gets me upset when people make debuts, and you know this is kind of happening right now. I'm not going to say it, but we all know. What makes me kind of upset is when they have just a random match with somebody in a debut. CM Punk for a few weeks built up this storyline with Darby Allen, who he's never, ever had any interaction with until he got to AEW. He said his name once before he got there and he wanted to work with Darby Allen, but he never had any interaction. He immediately started the story, called him out. Darby was up in the rafters somewhere doing his, doing his best sting impression. And he, had a marquee match at all out 2021 and people really cared. I think it was like their best buy rate or like one of the top two buy rates that they've had for a pay-per-view was his first match back. And he, and he made it and he made it into a spectacle. It wasn't just a throwaway match. It wasn't a warm-up match. It wasn't anything like that. They, he wanted people to pay to see him on pay-per-view. And that's what really makes a very special debut. He was already a star, but he turned into a superstar once he got there. Malcolm, what do you think about what what was your what was your vibes when CM Punk CM Punk came back was on screen for the first time in seven years? I was walking around in a Walmart watching AEW, um, and I started just crying. I was like, "Oh my god, my childhood!" It was really emotional. I loved it. I think it was great. I mean, I I wish it all worked out a little bit better at the end, but you know, I mean, we had him for when we had him, and we'll see him in two months in Survivor Series. So it'll be good. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Oh, how to be another another debut? Do you have the scoop? Do you have the scoop? Do you have the scoop over SRS? I know people in places. Oh, SRS, look out. Nice. Well, we'll let us know so we could break it before Sean Ross app. Of course, of course. But yeah, for me, CM Punk, I mean, I just couldn't believe that it happened because really, like, if AEW was never created within the seven years, that debut doesn't happen. Like, he, he, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think his initial like comeback to pro wrestling would have been with WWE. I do think it's in the cards now because never say never money's on the table. Right. And he wants to make more money, but I never thought we'd actually see that day. I thought we had passed like seven years is a long time. Like the rock was different because the rock was doing something. He went to go be the biggest star in the world at the time, which is what he was like. He was, he was on that verge. He was cracking that part of that ceiling, you know, back in like 2012, but with CM Punk, I just didn't think it would actually happen. And the fact that he was literally in the middle of a, of a pro wrestling ring again with the new company, a company where his style fits, where like he is very much synonymous, like with this, with the fans, like those are his fans. Those are the people that rooted for CM Punk, you know, 15 years prior Right. Like that's the that's the AEW audience. I just couldn't believe that it, a new company was actually created. It was called All Elite Wrestling. And they just so happened to do everything the perfect way to get CM Punk back in pro wrestling again. I just didn't think we'd ever see it again. And that's what made the, the it, it, you're right. It was more of an emotional thing to see him back in a ring than it was like a shock value because you knew he was coming. Yeah. You knew it. Like or you knew it was secret. coming, but it was like, <laughs> It's a big sigh of relief, like shit. Finally, thank God we got this guy back. Because, and I hate the fact that th- the way things you alluded to it a little bit. Like, I'm not happy he's out. You know, like I, it, it sucks. It sucks. He should be at the top of the card. 
but it's just, you know, grown men are grown men. They're going to do what they do. And business is business. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to move on. And uh, yeah. So that was definitely been, I mean, you, you, you just probably just can't have this list without talking about making a case for CM Punk there. I think that's a strong one for me. I was actually um, my, my case, the one, the one I'm going to kick it off with is I was there in person at all out when you had the double debut and I'm going to put them together because you can't have one without the other. We're sitting there shows closing up and all of a sudden the lights go out and everyone's like, He's here. It's Brian Danielson, right? Because that was the rumor. Brian Danielson's coming. He's coming all out. He's going to be there. It's it's locked. But then all of a sudden you hear, it's all about the bono, And you're like, what is this? Because the lights were still out. And then you see the big AC come on and it's Adam Cole and Brian Danielson came out back to back. And the reason why this debut to me sticks out the most in AEW is because at the moment, at least, you felt that they were literally taking over pro wrestling because that's how big that was. But to get those two guys back to back from the Fed in one night, I mean, Ruby Soho was early in the night. I get it, right? But if we're talking about closing a show with all those studs in that ring and the stare down, you thought that pro wrestling had just hit its apex and you went home being like, yo, WWE has a problem on their hands right now. That's why that debut just felt so much bigger than anything else they could have done. And also, I don't think we've ever seen two like A-list top of the level stars literally debut with within like two minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. And and I guess what? Once Adam Cole showed up, I didn't think we were getting Brian Danielson. I was like, all right, we'll get him on dynamite. But no. You got him literally two minutes later, and it was crazy. Trust me, I was there. I don't know if you guys were there, but it was it was absolutely insane. Now, I'm going to let you give your opinion on that before I give mine. Mine's pretty interesting. So go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like... like, I was watching it just, like, at home. So once I saw Adam Cole come out, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I started turning the TV off. And then someone texted me. He was like, Yo, Brian Danielson. I'm like, where? I no, it just it just ended. So I turn it back on. I'm like, oh my god, what the what the what the heck? Um, just seeing like those two like pop in, like the top guy in NXT, one of the top guys on the main roster, uh, pull up on the same night. Um, I mean, like Brian's last match in WWE was against Roman Reigns. So to see that like transition was just massive in itself. Um, yeah, having those two guys around at the same time is is it's huge. And I don't think people really understand it. I think nowadays we're like conditioned to understand that someone's going to show up every other week. So it's whatever. But I think at the time it really made people like take notice AEW. So I I agree with that. And I think that was the hottest the company has been in its, in its short stint was that, was that time period with, you know, punk and Cole and Danielson, but I'm going to, I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I think the worst debut in AEW was Adam Cole. And I love Adam Cole. And I think he's a great wrestler, person, entertainer, everything. But I think the fact that he came out first and then was just pushed aside for Brian Danielson as he comes trotting out, I think it stole a little bit of his shine. To be completely honest, yes, the song is over. The people like saying boom. They like saying Adam Cole, baby. The crowd wants to be involved. We talk about that on the pod a lot. But I just think that having... He felt it felt a little overshadowed by Brian Danielson because he's he is the bigger star. He is bigger. The, that's not there's nothing wrong with that. He yes. is he is Adam Cole's amazing, but 
Brian Danielson's a bigger star, comes trotting out right after him. Didn't even, he, Adam Cole didn't even get to say anything. Just kind of walked out, and all of a sudden, Brian Danielson's music hit. I think we could have saved it. I think there could have been a little time in between. I it's think actually, it it's actually not a bad point because Brian did come back from basically retirement. So mm-hmm. no matter what, and and the whole notion was okay. Brian Danielson's in AEW. He's finally going to get to do the stuff that WWE wasn't going to let him do. Malcolm, what do you think about Ben's take there being the I contrarian? Mean, it, it's fair. It's a fair point to have. I mean, like think about it from that perspective. Yeah, like. At the end of the night, like who was the name you were talking about the most is probably Brian Danielson. Um, not really as much Adam Cole. I mean, he, at the end of the day, for like WWE fans, he was just a developmental guy at the end of it. Um, so to see him come in was interesting if you're like that kind of fan. Obviously, if you're watching AEW, you obviously know Adam Cole. Um, it, it's a fair point. I don't fully agree with it, but I, I see where you're coming it's okay. from. Okay. That's okay. That's why we're journalists. That's why, That's we're, why we're journalists. That's we why do we the research. Very credential journalists. Credential, you know, fully credential. Very credential. You know very fully. credential. Very Malcolm, the most. The most credential. Malcolm, what? 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 Most. there's other people. Me. All right, Malcolm. What? What other? What other debuts stick out to you? What other debuts stick out? I mean, I said Satinum. I mean, obviously the legend Brody Lee. Oh man, it doesn't get better than Satinum though. But 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 but. Can we talk about him now? Is this the, the right time to talk about the big name or can we... Oh yeah, yeah. Spoil it. Spoil it for everybody. Please. Cool. I mean, it's already it's already out there. So I mean Adam Copeland's debut was absolutely amazing to see him come out to his actual theme song. Um, no one expected yes. that. Um, I was not expecting him to be Adam Copeland. I somehow in my mind, I'm like, he's gonna be Edge. Obviously, he was not. Adam Copeland's not a good wrestling name. I think it's terrible. He sounds like like a tax agent. I don't like it very much. But the fact that he came out to his own theme song, it was enough for me, and I enjoyed it. He got rated our superstar, though. He swindled that somehow. He, the the WWE, that. WWE dropped the ball. I, I just saw that on the yeah. uh, the trademark. So they didn't they didn't do it in time. And so yeah, now he's, he's got, he's got that. Know. He's got half of it. He's got half of it. No, yes. Ah. Edge, of course. Edge, of course, is a great one. I would say it's a great one also just because like Christian is there and they finally yeah. get the finish what they didn't get the finish. And to me, uh, you got a lot of people out there right now that are like, oh, I can't believe he went to AEW like WWE is home. Listen, WWE is his home. But you know what? Like now we get the chance for him t- to actually finish the way it should have gone down. And you know what? Like if if one of them is going to hang up their career, they should be wrestling each other. Like there's really no other way for them to end to, to end it. Right. Like you need them to have a, and that's why I'm also happy that Tony's choosing to do it right away because the one thing I'm sick and tired of AEW doing is sometimes they wait a little bit too long to get things where they need to be. Like, mm-hmm. give us what we want. These guys are 50. Okay. I don't need to wait to the 53 to have the match. Have it now while they can both still go and look phenomenal at 50, which is crazy. Um, so definitely edge Ben, what do you, you got another one? We got another one. There's a, there's a few other big ones, man. There's a few other, there's a few other big ones that I'm trying to think of, you know, who, who really, who really made an impact. And I mean, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take Malcolm shine here on who made an impact. I'm going to go with Jade Cargill the first night she came trotting out there. And what (laughs) night was it? What (laughs) night was it Malcolm or what night was it not? It was, it was, it was an open night. Open mic night, you know. Oh, it, it sure as hell wasn't open mic. Yeah. I mean, that was Brandy's best night too. But Jade Cargill, she's she's coming out. I mean, everyone was like, "Who in the blue hell is this?" 
Looking at her, speaking of, speaking of debuts, Booker T on SmackDown against The Rock. Who in the blue hell are you? One of the best lines ever. But Jade Cargill comes out, and she's going toe-to-toe with Cody on the mic. You can say what you want. I thought it was a hell of a promo. And she looks like a, an action figure coming out there, all ripped up, gorgeous. The hair, the, the, the get-up she had on. She I don't, I don't think she was flanked by Shaq at that point, but she called him out. She was going to be wrestling with Shaq. And then, of course, Brandy comes out and cuts – the generational promo of all time, Yehefa. And uh, I have to go, that that would be my next, I'd have to go with Jade Cargill. From where she started, where she is now, and what they made her into the star that she is, I think I'm going to, I'm going to put her up there at the best debuts. That's a solid pick. I had never seen a woman that looked like Jade Cargill like that in my life. Like that, like on like, even even like China, obviously. Right. But, Jade is just for some. It's just. It's just. It's Jade different. looks more like an athlete than China. Yes, China yes. was just you know like just bodybuilder, gassed up, and and like kind of couldn't move. Jade looks like an athlete. Jade's like yeah. an athlete, super athlete, fitness model. Like she's literally everything. Like she's gorgeous. Like yeah. it's literally every, like everything you could possibly imagine. Like it's it's create you know create a pro. Like it's create yeah. pro. Like what what do you want? You know, your superhero, like, you know, female wrestler to look like it's Jade Cargo. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I have to mention, um, one before, before we, um, go into, you know, the closing out, the closing out the show and closing out this case. But for me, uh, Moxley showing up, Moxley showing up was wow. Like the way he came through the crowd, very much like, uh, Nitro, you know, Scott Hall coming through the crowd with the vibe and, you know, looking at the other guy that debuted Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho showed up in Jacksonville. I I didn't think I didn't know he was gonna be there. All of a sudden, I hear Judas playing. He just shows up and he hit and he's on the microphone. I'm like, I'm like, wow, he really went to AEW. Like he did not sign with WWE. He's gone. He's actually going with these group of misfits here and that that are trying to you know you know shake up the industry. So for me, those two are big. I mean, the Moxley one. I I I remember getting a little bit of chills when he showed up because I was like, we we knew this was gonna happen, but. Like the way they did it was like, it fit that like WCW, like just like, it just had Re- a renegades. Yeah. You know, yeah. The renegades rebels, is yeah. the perfect word. It just had a different vibe to it. Like, yo, we're doing things differently now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start it off with the lunatic French, you know, yep. that's kind of how I felt. Um, what, where were you? Do you remember where you were Malcolm for uh, Mox's debut? Just you at know, school. Walmart? I mean, it's such a boring answer, oh, but shit. literally just watching it at school. <laughs> We got to get all the people on the pod, man. This is cool. Jesus. Bad, Ben. This is bad. Um, Sorry, you don't have a big story for you. But I mean, it was amazing to see. I mean, like, just the fact that, like, you can, like, it made sense. Obviously, he was going to go there, but it's like, you don't believe it until you actually see it. Because, like, Dean Ambrose, for me, was, like, one of the, like, big three pillars in WWE because of the Shield. So, like, to see him actually jump ship and, like, get to learn about who John Moxley actually is. Because at that point, I seen, like, clips of him from CZW, but never really watched anything. So to see the actual John Moxley happen in person, I'm like, oh, this is this is what he actually is supposed to look like, and not like right. that silly crap he was doing in WWE, like pushing hot dog stands and stuff. Because he did he he did that yeah. one in he did that one interview where he kind of like opened things up with Jericho, and he was like, yeah. I had all these ideas, and then when he showed up, and you saw what he was wearing, and like you know the mannerisms, it makes and you how realize he, that like he's actually like he's that like, guy. Like, I'm, like, I'm oh, like, oh shit, like what this. are we what are we about to get from this guy's brain right now? Right. Um, 
So I'd put those two up. Um, I'll just run through a few other ones that that occurred, and then we'll just move into some hot takes um, to close out the show. So we obviously had, I, I think, Renee Paquette showing up, and just you know, you know, you knew she was going to come, in, but she gives some legitimacy there. Shout right? out to right. the journalists. Shout, Shout out, out to this fellow journalists. Um, FTR showing up, um, mm-hmm. and then I also put up Sting. Sting oh. showing up. He's had a hell of a run there, man. I mean, granted, he's 60-something years old, but, like, for what it's worth, he's like a fixture there, which is yeah. crazy to say. But he's a fixture there. Um, you know, Normally, we have this segment called Takey Too Hottie, Malcolm. It's where we talk about the hottest takes we have in pro wrestling. So outside of AEW debuts, give me just one spicy take that you got for all of pro wrestling right now. Do you got Wrestling one? should have legitimate weight divisions. Because mm. I hate the fact the world heavyweight title is held by people that are not heavyweights at all. Seth Rollins, love him. He is not a heavyweight. Rey Mysterio should have never touched that belt because he's not a heavyweight. It makes zero sense. It's made for dudes that are like at least 250 plus. Yes. Minimum. Thank Minimum. you. Why is Thank Mysterio you. holding so, so are you saying? The checks in the mail. Checks so, in the goddamn mail. So I think so, so. I don't think you can have weight classes. I do it's like good. the. I do like the idea. I just think they should just book who should be booked as world champion. Like that's no, 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 no. Weight classes. I want to see. I want to see some division. Uh, I, I can. I like cru- like cruiserweight. The so you have the crew. <sighs> Tell them. But then I kind of feel like everyone else. It should be a free for all. Like every like because then you're saying Bret Hart can't be world champion. Unfortunately, so you're saying Shawn Michaels can't be world champion. Unfortunately, so that's what I'm saying. Like it'd this, it'd be what they can eat a pizza and gain some weight. It'd be what. So be. all right, so okay. Before we move on, what are the weight classes then? What are the weight classes for golf? Okay, so world heavyweight, you gotta be two fifty plus. I mean, like you need to have some meat on your bones. You need to be a, like a legit heavyweight. I'll go like after that. We'll we'll go like two fifteen to two fifty or to two fifty. That's like a good uh. Junior heavyweight because like most wrestlers okay. are big. I mean, like it's kind of hard to like say it's like you know anything besides that. So a good middleweight. Then you got at that point you just got cruiserweights. Just push them all to the side. So lightweights. Go to lightweights in the in two lightweights. Oh, that's two, fair. Fifteen hundred. I say I'll, I'll give two hundred five to two fifty. I'll give him fifty pounds there. That's fair. In two hundred five yeah, yeah, right. at last. Yeah, I I, I mean I one hundred percent agree. I think in in professional wrestling it is a spicy hot take. I think we just need. We do need something like that. We do need the big men on top. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you. I knew there's a reason we brought you on. Ben, what do you got? What's your hot take before we go? Uh, no, my hot take, and you know, it, I think just that the um the the well again, not gonna go out on a limb. I'm not really being risky here. The IWC is full of morons, and I'm sorry to say, I know people are listening. I think everybody giving all this crap and saying WWE is making a bullshit is is being desperate and making this bullshit decision to put John Cena and Cody and Oscar and Paul Hayes on nxt next week listen it's a business folks we ain't all here to play nice we ain't all here to make you happy and everyone's friends you ain't all friends remember what triple h said you can either make money or you can make friends in this business and believe me wwe is here to make money so if you're gonna have that take where you're mad at wwe for wanting to make money, wanting to get better ratings. Hey, the TV deal's coming up. They want to show that NXT is a superpower here. They want to show that they can make more, they can get more ratings on NXT. And why the hell wouldn't they do it? So everyone that has that take that WWE's desperate, WWE's bullshit for doing this, go outside and touch some grass. My uh oh, <laughs> thank you, Ben. Like for all of for all of us. Thank for you. Um, my hot take is that. Man, 
I have a feeling, man, that Cody's going to get screwed again because if The Rock really does show up at WrestleMania, man, it's his show. I know people are saying it could be like a double nighter. I don't think it's going to be a double nighter. I think they're going to give it to the, I think it's going to be Rock Roman and that's what it's going to be. I don't see them bucking that match or shortchanging The Rock. I sure as hell, The Rock, as nice as a guy he is, he's a businessman and you're not going to convince him to be like, hey, yeah, you're going to win it. Then you're going to drop it to Cody or you're going to like share the main event with Cody in a way. I don't think that's happening. I think Cody might be a little bit in a WrestleMania 41. He's going to win the belt. Like he's going to win it at some point. But I think if the rock if the rock wasn't involved, it would be at 40. But I, I think we should all prepare ourselves for this story we're telling to be like, you know, mm, fucking long is what I'm gonna say. Um, with that said, those are my hot takes. Those are your hot takes for the week. Uh, Malcolm, we usually if, if we, we usually close the show with get your shit in, which is essentially where you put yourself over and tell everyone where to follow you. So go ahead. I mean, I'm already over, honestly. Oh, I, can fuck myself. I love that. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it'd be what it be. I mean, you can follow me on YouTube, Muscle Man Malcolm. You can follow me on social media, Malcolm Muscle. I am that that guy. I've always been him. Now people just recognize it a little bit more. So yes, if you follow sir. me, great. If you don't, talk you should. Shit. So please do. please do. Yep. Talk your shit. And where, where can we find you next? You know, you're all over the place now. Where are you going next? Anything in plan? Uh, I think the next one is going to be probably Texas. But okay. if, not, if not, then you will probably see me in Chicago for uh, Survivor Series. So There we go. Okay, awesome. Good to hear. Breaking news. Malcolm will be in Chicago for Survivor Series. We broke it here first, Sean. You son of a bitch. We broke it here first. Bastard. Hey, bastard. Um, all right, I'll go I'll go next. I'll put myself over. Um, got a couple weekends off from professional wrestling. Actually, no, next weekend I'm going to be in Georgia, Rome, Georgia, primetime wrestling. I think I'm still booked. I don't know. I haven't seen the poster yet. So I'm sure I stand. Rome, Georgia, where Arn Anderson's from. And then the weekend after that, we got a doubleheader Friday, Saturday night, October 20th and the 21st. I am wrestling in Maryland against the label, not the stable blackout, independent wrestling hall of famer, ruckus and his running mate robbie illuminati of blackout in hagerstown maryland next night defending the wcpw heavyweight title because i'm a goddamn heavyweight and every sense of the goddamn word wrestling wcpw chicago sycamore illinois defending the title i don't know who i'm wrestling but does it matter because they're going to be looking up at the lights my hand will be raised to the goddamn rafters and that's just the way it is so deal with it so that's where you can find me and you can also find me on all social media platforms at at big trouble bb tiktok twitter ig find me follow me subscribe to this goddamn pod because we're going to the moon nick go ahead try to follow that yeah, I can't follow that. I'm going to be going to a fall fest with my children. Um, probably going on some rides on a Saturday. I think I'm taking my daughter to a roller rink. So I'll be doing that. Um, we'll be wrestling at all. Um, but yeah, you can follow me at Nikki the Good on all platforms. You can follow this show at the at Meep at. Whoa, I almost botched that. Bad. Could you believe it? You can follow oh, us at nice. Meepop Express pretty much everywhere on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. Please follow us there. Um, ben, do we want to tell them about what we have coming out? Oh, we have coming out. I am going to show you right now. We know we're recording on a different day. This is out on Friday, and you already seen it. We are going to have merch. Ladies and gentlemen, merch is coming. The Meat Pop Express tee is going to be here. Malcolm, $100 a t-shirt, bro. Oh, yes. It's like Big Baller brand, baby. It's all Big Trouble big, brand. Big, big Trouble B-T-B-B. brand, baby. Yep. 
Yeah, I'll be. pull the old Matt Cardona. We'll sign it, and that's an extra 50 bucks, brother. Sure goddamn is. No, we were going to have those. They're going to be $25 plus shipping because we want all the meat sticks to have one and show it off. Show off the guns. that They, they fit well around the arms. You're that's gonna uh, we made sure We made sure. We paid extra to make sure that they actually form fit around the bicep. That was 60, like 40 cotton that, poly that, blend. That was a very much, that was a big time ask for me to Woo! make sure that it, because it, the worst thing is like when you get the blocks. No, you I, get don't, that I, don't, I don't. We don't. We don't. We don't do w, that. 100% the, heavy the, cotton bullshit. The WWE shop, like you don't, order the, you don't order the good ones. You get the bad ones. Ugh, you know, Ugh, disgusting. Just disgusting. Throw it right out. Um. Yeah. So follow Malcolm. Follow us. Meat Pop Express. Follow us everywhere. We'll be here each and every Friday. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you leave a comment. Even good, bad, indifferent. Create a burner. Leave another comment. I don't care. Um, either way, Ben, what's going on with your screen? Did you I hit, don't like, know a, what the heck that, just, what happened? just happened? Oh, what, what the hell? I think I was just taken to like the Ben, ben hit a little, ben, ben hit a little um, I don't know, effect here in the little zoom scape. What did I, I do? don't know what happened there. Right. Um, but follow us everywhere. Um, we graciously uh I just made up a word graciously. Uh appreciate your support. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get out of here. <laughs> we gotta get out we gotta get the hell out of here, brother. It's nighttime and I'm all high nooned up. Um and uh, Ben, you got anything else to say to this? No, ones? keep it positive, keep it trucking, and always keep the shades on because the sun never sets on a cool guy. Later, Marks.